The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on October 27, 2013, based on 2 Timothy chapter 4, selected verses. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God, through which the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith in Jesus is the second lesson for today, recorded in 2 Timothy chapter 4, selected verses. The Apostle Paul writes, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack, and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. In 2007, a movie starring Jack Nicholson and Morgan Friedman gave us a new term, a bucket list. A list of things to do before you kick the bucket, die. And through a mixture of humor and pathos, that movie showed us one way the world views living and dying. The word of God before us here today gives us the Christian's view of life and death. The Apostle Paul would soon die, not from cancer, but from the executioner's blade. He was on trial for preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. This was part of the persecution carried out under Emperor Nero in the mid-60s. From his prison cell, Paul writes this letter to Timothy, the last of the letters of Paul that we have. And as death approaches, how does he face it? Well, he faces death in the same way that he lived his life, ready for his Lord. This word from God through Paul prepares you and me, dear Christian friends, not only for death, but also for life. Whether the death may be near or far, and who knows when death will come. But whether death is near or far, Live ready for your Lord. That's the theme this morning. 
Live ready for your Lord, one, by striving in your service to him, and two, by resting securely in his rescue. Live ready for your Lord. The apostle writes, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul had faithfully served his Lord. He did not have a bucket list of regrets. And maybe that might first of all strike us as a little bit arrogant or self-absorbed. No regrets. But remember, this is the same Paul who a few years earlier wrote these words to Timothy. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. No arrogance there. But for this very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience. Yes, Paul had no regrets, not because he had done everything right, and not because he had lived his dreams to the full, no. He had no regrets because of God's mercy in Christ. God's mercy that had forgiven all his wrongs. And what greater dream is there than to be with Jesus forever in heaven? Yes, God's mercy in Christ changed not only the way Paul viewed death, but also changed the way he lived his life each day. How differently do you live because of Jesus? In view of Christ's mercy, Paul lived each day of his life as a thank offering to his God and Savior. That's what comes to mind as he talks about his life being poured out like a drink offering. Just as wine was poured out in the ancient... Israelite sacrificial system, wine was poured out as a drink offering with each of the daily burnt sacrifices that were dedicated to the Lord in the morning and the evening. So also now Paul's blood would be poured out, marking the end of a life dedicated to the Lord and his service day after day. And as we think about that life of the Apostle Paul, we may well ask, was that a premature death? Couldn't Paul have served the Lord for many more years? He was still healthy and capable. He hadn't retired from his mission work. The world might well say he died too young. But the timing of Paul's departure, as he refers to it here, that timing was in God's hands. Paul knew that the end of his life wasn't in the hands of a Roman courtroom, but in the hands of the Lord, his God, his gracious Savior. He could pray just as King David did in Psalm 31, My times are in your hands. And as he prayed that, he would know that it wasn't only those last moments of his life that were in the Lord's hands, but every moment of his life. And that's why he could live each day of his life ready for his Lord. 
striving in his service to his Lord. He could live each and every day because the moments of his life were all in the Lord's hands. He could live each and every day for his Lord. Or as he says here, I have fought the good fight. The Greek of those words does not refer to a military battle, but to an athletic contest, whether wrestling or running. Just like an athlete strives with all his or her strength, so also Paul strove to serve his Lord in all that he did each day of his life. It doesn't matter how far or how near that finish line was. Paul lived ready for the Lord. And notice how he describes that finish line that he kept his eyes on like a a good runner. He describes that finish line with these words. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Who is this victor's crown for? It's only for the righteous, because it's the crown of righteousness. But who can stand before the holy judge? Who is righteous enough to measure up to God's right standard of perfection, moral perfection. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. And so our striving to serve our Lord isn't a striving in order to make ourselves right with God. It's not a striving in order to win that crown for ourselves since our efforts, our striving cannot achieve that. We are unrighteous by nature. Rather, we strive in our service to our Lord, because our champion, Jesus Christ, has already won the victory crown for you and me. His righteousness counts as your record. His white wedding gown covers your filthy rags. Jesus has won the victory. He has risen from the dead. And that same Jesus who is our righteousness, is the one who is coming to judge. The righteous judge is our Savior. No wonder, with deep love, Paul longed for Jesus to make that final appearance as his second coming. No wonder Paul guarded his faith as a precious treasure, clinging to Jesus alone and to his righteousness. And so do we, dear Christian friends, so do we cling to Jesus as our righteousness. Because he is our righteousness, we strive to serve our Lord in all that we do. Because we know and believe in Jesus, we live ready for our Lord, striving to serve him. Whether the finish line of death is near or, or far down the road, we strive with our strength just as an athlete strives. We strive to serve our Lord. Use the time he has given you. Use that time in your service to your Lord. Paul 
served as the apostle to the Gentiles. How do you serve? What is your service to your Lord? To answer that, think about where God has placed you in life. Think about the roles that he has given you and also how you can carry out the responsibilities of those roles in Christian love. Those are the two questions. First of all, what are your what, is, what are your roles? Are you a child, parent, grandparent? Are you a husband or wife? Are you a student, a worker, an employer, a retiree? Remember also that you are a citizen, a community member, and a, a church member. And as you think about the roles the Lord has given you, how can you carry them out in Christian love? You see, this is our service to our God as we look at where he has placed us in our life, as we look at our roles, and then we serve him as we carry out those responsibilities according to God's priorities, out of faith in Jesus, and in Christian love towards others. Just think about that. Even our most mundane chore becomes a thank offering, pleasing and acceptable to our God when we do it for the glory of our Savior. As we carry out our daily life, living according to the Lord's priorities, out of faith in Jesus and in Christian love towards others, we are offering our service to our Lord. And as we think about the responsibilities the Lord has given us to carry out, don't only think about fulfilling those responsibilities through your actions, but also remember your prayers. Even when our physical strength fails, the prayer of a Christian is powerful and effective. For through faith in Jesus Christ, you, dear Christian, you have the ear of your heavenly Father, God Almighty. Pray for others. Pray for Christ's love to fill them. And since we are also talking here about a pastor, the Apostle Paul, writing to another pastor, Timothy, we also realize that the Lord calls some to serve in that special way as a pastor. And that's something important to think about. If you're a young person, or if you're a parent or grandparent, maybe there is a son or grandson you could encourage to think about the full-time ministry as a pastor. For we need pastors. You may notice that in the current issue of Forward in Christ, November issue. There are seven retirements of pastors reported. Up until now, we've had more than enough graduates to replace the pastors that are retiring, but in the near future, that will no longer be the case. Is that a special way that you might be able to serve the Lord? But, again, don't forget what we said earlier about our roles that the Lord has placed us. Our service in the church or our service as a pastor or teacher in the church is not the only way we serve our Lord. Whether as pastor or parishioner,
as we carry out the responsibilities the Lord gives us, as we carry out those responsibilities according to his priorities, out of faith in Jesus and in Christian love towards others, you are serving the Lord your God. You are living ready for him. So keep on striving in your service to your Lord in whatever ways he has given you to serve. And as you strive, don't do so under compulsion or driven by fear or worry. Rather, live ready for your Lord and strive in your service towards him even as you rest securely in his rescue. Which brings us to the second part here. Paul rested securely in the Lord's rescue. And that's not only the way he spent those last moments of his life, but that's the way he lived throughout his life. And if you think about what the Bible tells us of the the, the life of the Apostle Paul, it was anything but restful from a human standpoint, wasn't it? Think of what the Apostle went through. Rejected by his people, constantly on the road in his mission work. Stoned, imprisoned, shipwrecked, just to name a handful of things. And yes, because of his sinful nature, there were times the Apostle Paul wrestled with feelings of loneliness, wrestled with worries and fretting, and yet his new self well knew that it was all in the Lord's hands, that no matter what happened, he could rest securely in the Lord's rescue. And so he lived ready for the Lord with that confidence, even in these last days here. His first hearing, well, he, he appeared to make it through that first hearing. And yet he, he knew that he was not going to be released from this prison cell. At that first hearing, he made it through, but it wasn't because of the human help he had. His, there was no one there to support him, he says. But the Lord was with him. And the apostle knew that. The Lord was with him and gave him the words to speak so that the preaching of Jesus Christ rang out even in that heathen courtroom so that the Gentiles heard the message. But Paul knew that that would not bring his release from the prison cell. Rather, he confesses, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Paul was ready to endure whatever the Lord would give him because he knew the Lord was there to rescue him by bringing him through death safely to the eternal home of heaven. That's the ultimate way the Lord rescues us, isn't it? He brings his dear children home to heaven. For the Christian death is not defeat, but the entrance into victory. That's the ultimate answer to our prayer, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us safely from this world of sorrow, this valley, this veil of tears into your heavenly kingdom. Live ready for your Lord, resting securely in his rescue. And yet how often don't we worry and fret instead of resting? We strain and struggle, but not in the way that we talked about in the first part, striving to serve our Lord. 
We, we worry about our health, about elderly parents or our, our children growing up. We worry about money, having enough, our home, our car. We worry about what the future might bring, uh, about the, the weather, about what the winter will be like. We, we worry when we listen to the evening news. And then, how do we combat those worries? We restrain and struggle, thinking we need to try harder. If I work more hours, if I save more money, if I follow the doctor's instructions, if I do this or that, then my life might be better. And yet, as we look at that straining and struggling and worrying and fretting, what sin, what damnable sinners we are as we do those things. For worry doubts our Lord. That's the opposite of faith. Straining and struggling as if it all depended on us is faith in ourselves or in humanity. That's the opposite of faith in Christ. How much you and I need to be rescued. For we For we, by nature, are in that deep darkness. Those dark depths deeper than any Roman dungeon. And from those depths we cry out. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my prayer. Let your ear be attentive to my cry for mercy. And before you uttered one of those words, before you were even born, the Lord answered. He rescued you, dear sinner. He rescued you. God the Son entered the darkness of our depths, and by his cross he rescued you and me. He nailed our sins, our worries, our fretting, our struggling and striving after earthly things. He nailed that all to the cross, that cursed tree, and set us free. He delivered us. He rescued us from the bondage to our sin. He rescued us from that path to death and hell and destruction. He rescued you and me. And that same Jesus who rescued us continues to watch over you, dear Christian. And that same Jesus is coming again. And so no matter what happens in our lives, no matter how heavy a day may be or how dark the night or what storm is blowing in, trust him. Trust him who went to the cross for you. Trust him who is now taking care of you and trust him who is coming again in glory to deliver us safely to our heavenly home where he wipes every tear from our eyes. Live ready for your Lord as you rest securely in his rescue, as you joyfully strive in your service to him. Amen. Please stand.
the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.